Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. That's right. Yeah. Welcome in to this. Welcome in. I don't know if this is our inaugural Thursday edition. I don't remember what day we used to do the show. It doesn't matter. It might have been on Thursdays. Corey and I just got sick of doing Fridays. Mostly me. What'd you think of that new intro? It was awesome. I was going to get to that. Don't worry. Sorry. I'm so excited about it, Dan. I didn't mean mean to to damage your ego. That new intro courtesy of Corey Walsh. (laughs) (laughs) He, of course, is Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. This is Libservative, and we love you. We're here. Uh, (laughs) Real quick, uh, thanks for joining the show. Um, Make sure to like, follow, and share uh, so you can keep updated with all the stuff that we're constantly talking about with new episodes weekly and new posts daily. We can be found on all of your social media and podcast platforms. We are on Instagram and what's the other one? YouTube at Libservative Pod. We are on Facebook at Libservative. We are at libservativepod.wordpress.com. That's where you can find our writings from our monologues and things like that. We're on Twitch at Libservative Pod. And we're on TikTok at Libservative Podcast, which I haven't made a video in like three fucking weeks. <laughs> Neither have I, but I, I have a legitimate excuse this time. Forgive my brain fog this evening. I did finally catch the COVID. I have it. I'm dying. No, it's almost gone. I, uh, Tested positive on Saturday. Feeling much better. Thank you all for your concern. <laughs> no one even knew. <laughs> yeah, we had a rough week. My back, I threw my back out. I was all fucked up. All I did was bend over to grab a frisbee at the disc golf course. Now I know why. Now I know why Tiger Wood. <laughs> well, Tiger Wood. Hold on, here comes squats. COVID. <clears throat> let you hear. I'll let you guys hear my dry cough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I bent over to pick up a disc. And it felt like someone grabbed the muscle in my back and then twisted it as hard as they could. And it's all downhill after it. you turn 30. Dude, it is. <laughs> 27 Club is sounding awfully, awfully nice. Gonna, uh, so what's put, new, Dan? I'm going to put out an ABP on your youth for a second, Corey Walsh, before you, before you get too yeah. excited. <laughs> Corey's youth, last scene, scooting down the street on the longboard. I didn't. Well, you did ask what I was drinking. I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna do anything crazy tonight. I, I'm drinking. Uh, just drinking an old beer. Drinking my favorite, my B43. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get into the whiskey and start coughing. Get my COVID all over my mic well, and shit. COVID might, or whiskey might actually help you. I. You know what? Up. The first couple nights. So, uh, I tested positive Saturday morning, but i started feeling weird friday evening right after the show ironically the last show that we did i went out i was having a cigar and the neighbor guy was like and he doesn't normally smoke cigars but he's like hey you got a cigar i can have i'm like yeah sure so i grab him a cigar i go over we sit out on his back patio and i'm sitting there i'm smoking the cigar we're having a conversation and I, all of a sudden it was like 11 o'clock right not super late at least not for me maybe it is for some people especially on a Friday. Dude, I was just dog-ass tired. Like, I just went from a full tank to empty in, like, 10 minutes. I'm like, 
mm-hmm. Jimmy, I got to go to bed. <laughs> I said, I don't know why, <laughs> but I am so tired. I came in, I tried to eat something and it just didn't taste right. Like Marissa got some- Was that ma- the indicator? You were like, uh-oh. Marissa got some wings. No, I still hadn't thought anything about it. I'm like, man, I mean, I'm just fucking exhausted. So I, I, I fall asleep and I wake up with chills. Just these oh. ungodly chills. I'm like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. So I get up the next morning, test positive, and here we are on a on a on the following, almost the following Friday. So, but I'm feeling better. So that's good. That's okay. how it was for me the first time. The second time, I just lost this the sense of smell and taste, and I just knew what it was. But I felt 100 percent fine. So I had a nice week and a half, two weeks of just chilling at home, drinking and playing video games. Wasn't it's not pleasant, but you know. Well, I'll be okay. Is it all it's chalked up to be? It's not pleasant. <laughs> I, I don't want it again. I, I, I mean, I, I know I, I certainly will. Uh, but, Corey, we're going to start this show with the topic of the week, which I'm, I'm super pissed about this because, I mean, and not even for the obvious reasons. The shooting in Uvalde, Texas, Honestly, I didn't even want to talk about it. And the reason for that is because I have I, this this one's made me so nihilistic. Yeah. Because why why talk about it when nobody gives a shit? Like everybody right. everybody pretends to give a shit. Everybody goes thoughts and prayers and we need to get rid of guns and it's Republicans faults or it's you know, we need more guns and no, it's, it's Democrats it's fault. Governor Abbott's fault. It's Governor Abbott's fault and we will get into that later in my monologue. Yeah. But like I've just gotten to the point where it's like why the fuck should we keep talking about this stuff when Nobody actually cares. Everybody's going to talk about it, and then a few days will go by, and then nobody's going to care anymore. Like, you and I experienced locally a school shooting in, I think, October now. I think yeah. it was when it was, or early November. And it's, it's like, even locally, like, it's gone. Like, I still see, you know, Oxford strong... Um, Filters on people's pictures. Yeah, and and, and, and the signs still. I mean, obviously, I, I do business in Oxford, and you you still see it up there. But it's like, it it just it just goes away, and and people take their opportunities to make their political grandstands, and then the next thing happens, something will happen in Ukraine tomorrow, and nobody's going to care anymore. So I I'm 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 asking you, Corey, to talk me off the ledge as to why the fuck should we keep talking about these shootings when another one's going to happen next week? And everybody will care for a day and then nobody will care. Yeah, no, you're right. I was right there with you. You were reading my mail. I, I you know, I had someone ask me, it's like almost as soon as it happened, oh, are you going to talk about this on the show? And it was like, ah, I don't even know if I want to. There's 19 children dead and ain't a damn thing going to be done about it. And like, no one's ready to do the legwork to actually admit that our society is so goddamn broken and do the actual hard work of trying to put the pieces back together and other people are just politically grandstanding well then in in certain circles it's it's difficult to talk about what you know this and this is just my opinion somebody can tell me i'm an idiot and i'm i'm happy to have a debate with you on this but it's it's taboo in certain circles to suggest the idea that like young men feel lost and that's a major contributing factor to this. Like I, I, I cause I, I I've kind of gotten over this, this, you know, this idea of, well, let's just discuss mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. And you just throw it under this big umbrella of mental health. Well, when it's that big of an umbrella, you, you, you don't really get to talk about 
what the actual root cause is. So who's committing these shootings? Well, that's that's just the thing. It's like that's what frustrates me the most too. It's like we keep saying it's mental health, and it's like by God, that's clearly what it is. <clears throat> we have almost a two to one ratio of guns in our country. If guns were the problem, then there'd be a lot more tragedies happening. So like it's clear that we have all these people that are in our society that just are left out, that just are just aren't reached out to. Again, as soon as the dust clears, you hear about this kid. He was cutting himself. He was bullied because he had a lisp, all sorts of things like this. And it's like, here we go again. Like, I guess his friends were saying that he was even bullied like really hardcore online with homophobic slurs because he had a lisp. Ah. So he didn't even have an escape. He had no escape. Well, that's and as I don't like to victim, I, I don't like to try to victim or uh, victimize an obviously cold hearted piece of shit let's make that very clear but it's very clear that we have a society that's mentally broken when you look at the 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 rates of antidepressants that are being prescribed how it's just skyrocketing people our age right now they have like there's like studies that show and polls that say that people our age have the least amount of friends that they've had since they've been doing polls like this people are working longer hours for less pay they're you look at the polls of talking about america when it comes to Biden, America being on the right track, it's like 30%. So that means 70% of the country thinks the country's going to shit. And, Futures, and, to be, and to be clear, those numbers weren't a whole lot different under Trump before you want to go, where are right. Trump back? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, we we have no mental health, you know, like backing in our country. And it's like when people point and then, you know, the right will go, well, it's not guns because look into these other countries. And they actually... You know, they have almost as many guns as us per capita, like Finland, Iceland, Canada even. But they have a welfare state where they have mental health and medical health and stuff put into their infrastructure of their country and in their society to where these people have something to go to. You know what I mean? Like it's, we can talk about, and I'm sure we're going to go in a million different directions on this conversation here shortly. And, you know, like, I think me and you both, our minds are just straight scrambling about all sorts of different angles that you can talk about this because it's almost mind numbing. Like you feel numb. It's like the first thing you think is just up oh, here. It is again, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just keep scrolling down your page. And then the only reason it's, it's in your face all the time is because your page on Facebook is filled with it or your Twitter feed and things like that. And we need to have a real discussion in our country about mental health, and we need to have a serious conversation, not just the NRA or the Republican tropes of, well, guns are a second amendment, because there's a big difference. And I guess what the conversation we need to have is, first off, you know, what's an infringement? What's an infringement on this right? We need to clarify that so we can actually get a basis down where we can actually work on different things where we can discuss preventing things like this now you know there's a big difference between inconvenience and infringement and we need to do whatever we can at the most possible like at the highest capacity to inconvenience people that want to get these guns that have a nefarious plot behind it and at that cost i'm 100 percent okay with it in inconveniencing the gun right on american citizens i think and i think and, the issue there Corey, is like who does that right we we know that that the government is remarkably inefficient in, in all aspects. I'm not even just talking about guns. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the, like, yeah, it's, it's, you the, know, it's, it's, and it's, and everybody goes, well, that's, that's an interesting libertarian argument. But I, the way I've always looked at government is like, I don't really give a shit if it's bigger government, if it's smaller government, if it's in the middle, just give me a government that's fucking efficient. You know, because it, like that, cause that's always the argument. We need to get government out of our ass. We need more laws to prevent gun violence and all this. And it's like, okay, in some instances, it seems like bigger government helps. In some instances, it seems like smaller government helps. And I don't really care. I just want it to be efficient. Is that? Yeah, it's it's not efficient. It's just convenient. You know, our government is so in such a catatonic state because nothing can get done because it's so polarized that we're not, that we're like too afraid to tackle any serious issue like freedom of speech. Oh, we just got to ban speech, create a board, you know, for disinformation. Uh, Oh, there's, there's a mental health issue where people are killing each other. Mm. Let's just get rid of the guns. Never mind that there's still going to be millions of kids, you know, who are so mentally distraught that they would like to do this or something or do harm others that harm themselves as evidenced by the suicide rate where most of the murders in our country by guns is by suicide. More than half of them is suicide. You don't have to- obviously a mental health issue in our country. So what we need to do is really tackle that. But we also need to look at the clear picture and figure out something to do today because the mental health problem that we're going to try to tackle if we actually want to get serious about it is going to take a while. We are so far behind the ball on actually dealing with people's emotional fragility and distraught and whatever is pushing people that they feel like they're not heard to the point that they have to harm children. And we also have to figure out how to make sure this doesn't happen again a week from now. And how do you do that? You don't, you, you don't know. I know you don't know. I certainly don't know. You know, yeah, it's, but, it's a but, bit of a crisis. But what do we see? A- but what do we see? All we see is all we have to do is just blame the other side. If we, Yeah, that's all that happens. If we just blame Republicans because they love guns or if we just blame Democrats because they hate guns, oh, that's it. That, that's We don't have to solve the problem. We don't have to solve yeah. the problem because it's their fault. What we have to do is we have to get rid of those people. And then we get rid of those people and replace them with our people. And then in, in two more years, everybody's pissed at us because we didn't fucking do anything. That's what, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you're looking at with the Democrats in power right now. It's what you were looking at with the Republicans in power early in Trump's administration. It just back and forth we go. Nobody actually cares. We're going to politically grandstand over this so that we can get elected. Right. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's political grandstanding. Both sides will try to, um, when it comes to anything, really, both try, both sides try to pass a bill that they know isn't going to pass just to say that they did it. And there's not going to be any real legitimate thing that's going to save anything other than thoughts and prayers, which is another thing, actually. Well, like, look, I we hate... tried. The Republicans blocked us. Well, right. look, we you know, tried. And it's like, how the about, Democrats like, blocked us. How about basic, simple things? Like, how about this? You know, we have a lot of rights protected by the constitution to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But some of those are federally mandated where we're not allowed to actually enjoy some of those liberties and pursuits of happiness until we're 21. Whether it's, you know, like, uh, what is it? Drinking, smoking. You can't rent a car until you're 25. There's so many things you can't do until you're 21 that maybe we should bump that age up because that three years from 18 to 21 is a lot of mental growth 
And if you remember when you're 18, like if you had a bad shot in high school, when you're 18, you're pissed off at your high school. Three years later, you could give two fucks about that. You're in a whole different mental state. Corey, this is super interesting because I feel like you and I would normally be in each other's seats saying what we're about to say. Like you're suggesting the idea that perhaps guns should be delayed until you're 21. Now I have a caveat though. I'll, I'll let you get to that. But I, I think the devil's advocate in me would be like, we're, we're talking about an article of the bill of rights, right? Where, you know, it just says right to bear arms. Yeah. And when that was, and when that was written, you didn't, it didn't say adults have the right to bear arms. Just the right to bear arms. It just arms, says yeah. the right to bear arms. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, so it's, it's difficult, right? It's it's really hard to just be like, man, well, we're just going to bump the age up to 21. When you're dealing with the yeah. Bill of Rights, it's tough. Yeah, it really is. And that's that's one of the biggest things. Like That's why I guess what I was getting at with the inconvenience versus infringement. Because I don't want any law that is going to prevent any person from being able to exercise their constitutional rights. But my God, like we need to do something because of the fact that like this kid, he had like, and I don't want to say red flag laws. Those can lead to a lot that can open a door that can lead to a lot, a lot of bad things, even though it's implemented properly in a lot of places and it has to be done by a judge. And, you know, and it's, uh, it's still, Hmm. Well, I think that's 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 borderline infringement to me. Let me like, let me help you. Let me help you. So I think obviously I'm not a constitutional lawyer or or judge, but I, I feel like for a layman, I know the Constitution okay. And just because you have a just because you have a right doesn't necessarily mean that there can't be certain restrictions put in place for you to be able to use that right, if that makes sense, right? So like certain restrictions on fire, whether it's firearms, see, now I'm, I'm talking myself out of it as I, as I think about it, because now that brings me back to the First Amendment, because now that makes it okay to put restrictions on the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- that's the thing. I'm talking myself out of I don't it want, as, as I don't I'm want saying. any legislation out of fear. You know, if we immediately just start doing random blanket bans on things and just to make all this bureaucracy to do something, we're going to end up with another Patriot Act. What, what we're going to end up with another war on drugs. What I was going to say is that putting certain restrictions on the ability to own a firearm doesn't necessarily take away your right to bear arms. But then when I put that in the context of the First Amendment, like, oh, you can't say these words mm-hmm. this amount of times. Where does that stop? Well, here's the thing, though. Okay, so. The Second Amendment is incorporated by the Fourteenth Amendment, which means that, like your life, liberty, your, you know, you're you're protected, you know, your rights. Which the Second Amendment is, it's a right to bear arms. Fourteenth is, is protected is equal protection the 14th, under the law, correct? Yeah, yeah, under yeah, without with due process, right? So the Fourteenth Amendment again, it has that due process caveat to where it's like you could legislate some laws, and I think what we need to do is maybe open like a. Uh, expand on because right now it's just so which one is it the uh let me see if i can find it so right now under the law um people that are prohibited from owning a gun so in the gun so the gun control act of 1968 now full disclosure i'm on wikipedia 
So take that for how you want, but it just, it has this really good compiled thing about all these laws and stuff. The Gun Control Act of 1968 prohibits certain classes of people from buying, selling, using, owning, receiving, shipping, carrying, possessing, or exchanging any firearm or ammunition. Those prohibited include any individual who has been convicted of in any court of a crime punishable by imprisonment of a term exceeding one year, is a fugitive from justice, is an unlawful user or addicted to any controlled substance, has been adjudicated, adjud- God damn it. Adjudicated. Adjudicated. Adjudi- yep. I, was, I knew it. I knew it, Dan. <laughs> has been adjudicated as a mental defective or has been involuntarily committed to any mental a institution. mental defective? That seems politically incorrect. Right. Or has been involuntarily committed to any mental institution. Is an illegal alien. Has been lawfully admitted as an alien under a non-immigrant visa or is not exempt under 18 USC. Has been discharged from the armed forces under dishonorable conditions, which was actually yeah, surprising. I didn't know that one has renounced his or her United States nationality, is a subject to a court order restraining the person from harassing, stalking, or threatening an intimate partner or child of the intimate partner, or has been convicted of a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence. So that's federal law. So now state law, actually, like, it's funny that I just actually said that the 14th Amendment incorporates the Second Amendment, but it looks like the 14th Amendment could also be something that could get in the way of a thing like that, like has been convicted of a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence because uh, federal cases brought against you and state cases brought against you are two different things. And now these are federal law. This is federal law. The gun control act of 1968, I believe Mm -hmm. is a U.S. federal law that regulates the firearms industry. But now what the caveat around that is the 14th amendment at the, you know, or what would it be that it would be the ninth, yeah, the Ninth Amendment actually it wouldn't be the 14th. 14th is for states, ninth is for federal. So the Ninth Amendment could circumvent that, but nope, 14th is state, ninth is federal. I got the two mixed up. <laughs> so actually I was on par. But uh the the thing to me is is like so the but it goes to their argument. Like that's a pretty those are a lot of people that are prohibited from owning guns in our country. You know what I mean? And so how do we how do we make these laws more effective? Maybe a database? Maybe we need to have it to where it, there's a domestic violence database. Ooh. I know. Gun owners I don't know. like databases. They don't no, like they databases. Don't. I, 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 we're I get already it. I get, in it. I get why they we're don't. Already, we're already all in this database. The problem is, is there's things that happen in states and local municipalities that don't get uh, reported to this database. Like for example, in the military, they have the military tribunal that if you're in the military, you go through a different court system. There is report after report showing that the military has a piss poor job of taking that data and forwarding it to the FBI to where you have people who are beating the shit out of their wives and they're in the military and the military knows about it and you know and they get charged and things like that, sure. But once they're out of the military, you don't know about it. So I think you're talking about I think, and I think you're talking about an awfully small case here though, right? When it comes to we could look up the numbers. I don't know. I think it happens way more. Like, oh, we don't know. That's the thing, is we don't fucking know because the military doesn't report it. Yeah. I mean, look, we're I, I, 
I'm this is this is just the debate that I'm so tired of having. I'm I'm just so t- I'm just I'm just so tired of it. Like the Second Amendment has been around since the founding of the nation, and you know school shootings are in the grand a scheme second. of the history of our country yeah, a second they're, relatively they're new. Yeah, I mean new. there were other, there were school shootings before Columbine, right? But Columbine is like the precipice that you think of, where it just right. kind of all started. And started to snowball up into what Bunch we have now. and stuff. It's like the, the amount of guns didn't change, right? And it's like if you if you're an anti gun person, I, I'm not. I don't hate on anybody for that, right? If you if you don't like guns, you don't want guns. I I, I get it. Like it's fine. But to just turn to the gun and say it, it, it's it's this thing's fault. I mean, all you just look at the history. It's a cop out. It's it it yeah. It's an easy way. It's I mean, we're, I'm going to get into Beto O'Rourke later today, but. Like what he did in Texas, which we'll talk about, it, it was just like, dude, you you either don't get it, or you are just such a cuck to your own beliefs, right? That God, I hope you never become governor of any state. And it just, and that's it. That's why I really, really believe it circles back to the mental health conversation because of the fact that, like, we've had guns in our country. Like, there was points where. <laughs> Automatic weapons were legal, and the only reason people were getting killed with them at an exponential rate was because of prohibition and the mob. And and uh, and so it's yeah, it's it's insane to me that I'm sorry I started to read this guy's comment and I got sidetracked because <laughs> it's you wanna, a long you one. Want, you want to read it? It's just our buddy Rob. Yeah. So why? That's a different Rob. Actually, oh, it is a different Rob. Hey, Rob. Uh, why is the answer to every tragedy result in arguments against our rights rather than expressing our rights? Schools are soft targets, meaning there's a very limited chance of anyone defending themselves with reciprocal or greater force. The obvious answer should be to be able to make schools hard targets. Introducing cognitive behavioral training into the curriculum could help as well. So, Robbie, 100% agree with the second part. The first part, I'm still on the fence with. Ah, there's Robbie. <laughs> there's the other Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, so like the second part, I agree with the first part, eh, and we're going to get into that in a second because of the fact of what just happened in Uvalde. Um, but what was I saying? I was talking about mental health. You know, when you look at different trends in our country, you know, and it, it's, this one sounds so stupidly conservative when you talk about the nuclear family that I don't even want to say it. <laughs> just say it. But, just get it out of there. Okay, let's combine the nuclear family with the war on drugs, with stagnant wages, exponential costs in healthcare and in school. Like when you talk about secondary school like college, um, jobs disappearing, the middle weight, the middle class shrinking, and like I said earlier, people working more hours for less pay, all of these things take a toll. We all just got put in seclusion when it's written into our DNA that we are pack animals. We thrive on interaction. We all got secluded, which I don't have to say it. The last shooter a week ago just said that. Um, You mix all these together, couple it with high depression rates, and then just a bunch of antidepressants and drugs just thrown at people to make it to where they don't feel happy or sad and just everyone just walking around numb. Corey, You mix all of this stuff together and throw it in a mix bag and – Honestly, we are a broken fucking country when it comes to society, when it comes to mental health, everyone's on edge. 
Everyone is just literally just trying to survive to the next tragedy. And there is no moment of catching breath air, uh, catching a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I think it it comes down to. I don't mean to sound super Petersonian here, but it it, it everything you just said is super Petersonian, right? It's 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 this idea that uh, people, and I think young men in particular, have feel like they just don't have the purpose that they once did. It's it's you know because every. We've seen every president since Reagan, it seems like, come in and talk about jobs numbers. Look at all these people that are employed. Look at all these people that has have a sense of purpose. And all they ever Never talk about stagnant wages. All they ever talk about is 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 the amount of people that are employed that are actually in the job market. So that doesn't even, as you talked about a couple weeks ago, Corey, that doesn't even count the people that aren't trying to currently get jobs. But then you talk about, yes, yeah, so people are employed, but what are they doing? What are they doing and how much money are they making and do they feel fulfillment right. in their career? Because the answer is not as much as they should. So when you see no, 8% no. unemployment, okay, but if, you know, I'll just make up a number here, an arbitrary number. If 38% of Americans feel like they're working in a job that doesn't pay them enough money because it doesn't. And or they're relying on the government for subsidies and welfare because the job that they have isn't paying them enough. And what, think, you, what do you think that does to someone's mental psyche? And especially when you're talking about the psyche of a young man, right? That's still developing. Like we're we're still we still have the same brains that we did when we were, you know, you know, a hundred thousand years ago. We still have the same brains that we did. And a young man does feel like he wants to provide, right? At least for himself, if he's single, right? Have enough money to provide for himself, enough money to provide for his significant other, whether it's, you know. Jim or Jane doesn't fucking matter. His kids, if he has kids, and for a young man to look at his prospects and go, I got watching them evaporate. I got nowhere to go. I got yeah. nowhere to go. You know, you, you can only deal with that for so long before bad things happen. Now, it doesn't always mean you're going to go shoot up a school. Obviously, no. Or you just you commit suicide. Like I said, half of the Addiction, gun violence in our country is suicide. And like that goes back to what I'm saying too when it comes to mental health, that like nobody really gives a fuck about people and our mental health, as evidenced by the fact that suicide rates just keep climbing. They give a fuck when it inconveniences them. Does that make sense? Like, no one gives a shit that all these people are so mentally distraught that they're killing themselves. That's just, oh, that's sad. But when they opt and go the other way, then it's something that we need to all of a sudden take care of, but just do it as half-ass as possible. Corey, just Corey, Corey our buddy Robbie is going to be just fine. He says he likes to be lazy and unproductive. So That's fine. <laughs> Some we of us will be okay. Robbie, did you get a dog? I think Robbie got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> we have a culture that manufactures and enables vulnerable narcissism. Violence is the result of people feeling entitled to victimize others, and the most pre- prevalent justification of that is that of a victim. That's from the other Robbie. We have we have two Robbies commenting right now. It's very weird because they have very similar names. <laughs> Robinson and Robertson. It's really hard to keep them straight. <laughs> Does every Robbie in the entire world's last name have the name word Robin it? This uh, this particular gentleman is a triple R. We we appreciate we appreciate you both. But uh, but yeah, you know, and it's you know, we have to either really tackle mental health, like like Robbie said, Robbie R. 
about cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, they're absolutely. Both we R, need by to. The way. What'd you say? <laughs> they're both Robbie R, by the way. Well, okay, Robbie, Robbie Robinson. <laughs> oh, that's funny. This is going to be tough. Name's so nice, you say it twice. <laughs> I bet you the other Robbie would concur. Um, but yeah, so it just, it's, uh, it, it kills me that we, yeah, we just, we try to find the easy path out. You know, and instead of actually really tackling this mental health issue that I've been driving home right now, like, like, what do we do? Like, I went through those, those gun rules, like short of a, like short of minority report where we just assume someone else is going to do something like, like, what do we do other than actually taking time to talk to each other and listen and not in just some bullshit way, just saying, Oh, thoughts and prayers, which now I don't even want to really talk shit about that because of the fact that people grieve differently. And if someone did lose somebody <laughs> and like what's going to comfort them is the term thoughts and prayers. I don't want to be the person to trivialize that because I think that's bullshit and that's mean spirited. No. And, and I think this is an oversimplification, but I think it's just solving what we, what we just said is it's just giving more people, particularly young men. Sorry to perpetuate the patriarchy. It's not what I'm trying to do here, but particular giving just giving people more of a sense of purpose or at least giving them the opportunity to have more of a sense of purpose right i'm not saying right. we have to give everybody a job or give everybody money but it's like it's a difficult problem to solve we talk about this all the time when we talk about politicians and their rhetoric and their bullshit whether you're we're talking about republicans or democrats it doesn't matter they both do the same fucking thing all it is is just rhetoric to avoid the difficult problem to solve. And you and I, we're just morons. We're intellectual idiots. We see that there's a problem. You and I don't know how to solve it. If we did, perhaps we would run for office, but then we would just, be, doing that. Then we would just be corrupted. So it wouldn't matter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and like, that's, that's, that's what hurts me the most is the fact that like so many people are at the end of the rope and we're just missing it, you know, and getting rid of guns isn't going to solve this despair in our country. It's just going to make it to where it's back in the shadows with the suicides. Do you want to talk about the apathetic cops in this situation, Corey? Yes. This okay, so Robbie, this is what I meant when we talked about, when you mentioned earlier, about uh, schools are soft targets, targets and make them hard. <laughs> I see what you mean. <laughs> but uh, I, I slapped in my um, so this is what pisses me off the most about this, because right now, one of the arguments from the right is, well, we just got to have armed guards in schools. Now, first off, I really, really, really don't like the idea of turning America into like an El Salvador or something like that, where there's guys and fatigues literally everywhere I go, because that does not feel like a free and safe society. Not to mention children. You know, seeing I had guards at their school me, is, is not something. That, I mean, I think about when I went to school, like I would have been really weirded out if I saw like seven cops just around my school. Like, right, that's not a very good learning environment. It's, it's really like, weird. <laughs> learn, learn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, but like, so this guy shows up to this school. There was an armed guard there. He gets right past the armed guard and gets into the school. All right. Cops showed up. Cops were there. And, you know, like, like first off, so like the cops all get there, you know, they secure a perimeter around the school and I get the idea the fact that they don't know how many shooters there are and things like this. I'm trying to play devil's advocate with that and give them, I don't want to give them benefit of a doubt. 
Because you know what? Honestly, they were all a bunch of pussies, Dan. I'm really trying to be very unbiased with this one, but fuck me. Well, this, is, this is something you're not seeing in, in, in mainstream media either, right? Like, not, It's interesting. Like, Neither side is talking about this. Neither side is talking about this. So as the shooting is active, as it's happening, I'm looking for the video right now. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, Crystal Ball shared it from Breaking Points. If she watches, shout out to Crystal Ball. But I doubt she, she even knows our names <laughs> or who the fuck we are. <laughs> um, so here, let me find it real quick. So as the shooting is going on inside, right, the cops are all there. They get there on time like they're supposed to. But then they all just are outside. They're all just standing outside of the school. And all of the parents are there just screaming at them, do something, go in there. Our kids are in there. We need your help. Like, you know, they're like, I got the video right here now. I just found it. And so these (laughs) these parents are all out here completely distraught, crying and screaming, go save my kids. And one of the dads, I guess he goes, you know, like, let's, let's fuck, like, basically said, fuck this, we're going in. He grabbed some other dads, and they were going to go in and try to save their fucking kids. And here's the response. You see that guy over there? They're getting tackled. Parents are getting tackled and handcuffed. And just, like, being treated like this for being just concerned parents trying to save their own kids. And so if you're only listening, you know, it's a lot of noise. And right now, there's one cop, he has a taser in his hand, another guy is getting tackled, and people are just freaking out, trying to go and just <laughs> literally just save their kids, right? And it's like, I get trying to, you know, secure a location and stuff like that, but look at all these cops dressed up like fucking G.I. Joe's LARPing, like they're going to some war reenactment, and they're not, they're not running in. They're not doing anything. This guy's wearing bulletproof vest, has an AR. These guys signed up to serve and protect. And what are they doing? It took an off-duty CBP, you know, uh, Customs and Border Patrol agent to just rush into the school himself and shoot the guy. And then after these cops are all sitting out there for 40 fucking minutes, Dan, this guy goes in. And then they had to go and track down a teacher to get a key to the fucking room. The officers didn't even have a key to the room that the guy was in. But if it's a drug crime, they have no problem doing a no-knock warrant, kicking in a fucking door to go shoot some person sleeping on the couch. Yeah, I mean, the and, and, and I don't agree with this, but I'm, I'm going to throw out the devil's advocate argument, which is that cops aren't paid enough. They if, if they if they have the choice to go home to their family or rush into a school with an active shooter, and he any sane person would choose to go home to their families or avoid rushing into that building. That's the devil's advocate argument right That's there. That's the devil's advocate. And sure. Then why are we spending all this money on all this fucking military equipment for him? How about instead <laughs> we use that money for people hey, with situations and mental health problems. Cause then that goes back to the issue. I was talking about a second ago about mental health. Cause that's a whole other issue. A lot of innocent people who are on the spectrum and mental and mental have, have mental issues are getting killed by cops. Hey, Do you see that video? Like, and I'm not trying to, Okay, I'm not I could I could have just gone off on a real tangent right there for another 15 <laughs> minutes. And you know, but I'll I'll round it up with this. Here's the kicker. Gonzalez versus Castle Rock. 
that says police are not contractually obligated to protect you and you can't sue them for it. Mm-hmm. You can't sue them if they fail to do their job. None of these cops are even going to get in trouble. No. They're completely just botching the job. They were outside while there was 19 kids inside just being shot. And even if they got there and the kids were already shot, they could have gone inside, neutralized the victim, and then possibly saved some of these children's lives. But instead, they just bled out on the floor. Neutral- and I know that sounds gruesome, but you know what? That's what it was while these cops sat outside. And they just tased and tackled parents who decided to strap their balls on and go actually try to save their kids. Yeah, that's the and fucked then, up part. And then here's the kicker, Dan. This is what pisses me off even fucking more is the fact that, guess what? Listen to what this officer says right here. I'm going to cue this one up real quick. Because when the cops actually did show up and decided to uh, go in and actually try to save the save the kids, this is what they did right here. This is a complete and utter failure of the police of the ones who are supposed to uh, serve and protect adults. One of those being a teacher from the school. And we've also uh, heard word that a uh, border patrol agent was struck uh, with gunfire. A few officers shot. Uh, we've heard that some law enforcement officers actually went into school uh, to get their kids out. Can you right. talk about that? Right. So what we do know Vanessa right now that there was some uh, police officers, families trying to get their children out of the school because it, it was a active shooter situation right now. It's a terrible situation right now. And of course, just as we mentioned, the loss of life, it's, it's just terrible. It's a terrible tragedy when that took place. But again, we got to keep acknowledging those brave men and women that actually were there on scene. That- brave women men and women actually there on scene, standing around in their bulletproof vests. And that's because they, 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 they ran in there. They were able to strap their balls on and go save their kids. But they tased any parent who didn't have a badge that wanted to go do that. I I don't really have a whole lot to add. <laughs> just, it's just what the it's, fuck, dude. It's not, it's not funny. I don't mean to laugh, but it's just, it's. I mean, it's yeah. Numb. So that's what I mean when I'm at a crisis where I'm at this point where it's like, well, fuck the government. They're not going to be able to do anything. Arm every single goddamn parent to protect their own family because the cops aren't going to do it. But then that just opens up the door to a shit ton of more fucking idiots that have mental issues getting guns, but it goes back to even the security versus freedom argument. Anyway, are we done? I'm apathetic at this point. I don't mean to be a dick, but. Oh yeah. And you know, and like I was saying, that argument doesn't equate to an argument against making schools hard targets. And you know, and it sucks. And we do have to do something. Like there's basic minimal steps that we can do to help try to circumvent this as much as we can. Like when, so like for me, I went to a school here in Metro Detroit in a, in a, in a, uh, a public school. And as soon as Columbine happened, they came in, they put locks on all the teachers doors. They made it to where you only have one point of entry. Cause this guy just walked in through the back door of the school. Yeah. And like, you know, my school immediately, like we, they went, they did serious, serious steps. And you know what? fucking knock on wood there has there's been a lot of threats there's been a lot of close calls but my school district that i grew up in has done a pretty decent job on circumventing this stuff yeah, and, and and look I, I i i i get robbie's point about making schools hard targets like i i don't really have a an a, a hard argument against that other than you know thinking about what it is to be a child and it's just the idea of militarizing a school from the perspective of a child 
just doesn't it, it just some about it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't mean he's doesn't mean you're wrong, Robbie. It's just you, you have your opinion, I have mine. I just I, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of militarizing a school. That's just not what it's for. Right. Because there was it's, a guard it, sh- there. it shouldn't be necessary, is what I'm saying. Like and, and and Robbie, if you're right and there ends up being no other way, and it means that this is gonna keep other children from being killed in the in the in the future, well then I'm not gonna feel good about it, but okay. I just there right. has to be something different that you can do. You know, there has just has yeah. to be. I hope you know, and yeah, you know, honestly, why doesn't this happen in inner city schools? Should that be a model we go through? Do we have to have metal detectors in schools? But what's the point of a fucking metal detector if this guy is coming barging in guns blazing? Yeah, he's not going to stop metal, because he sees a metal detector. Metal detector is going to go off, but it does, you know he knows what's on the other side of that. You know, you know it's and it's true, and it's, it's it's been an interesting question that we've talked about a lot, like. School shootings don't happen in inner city. I agree that we should take off the fucking gun free zone signs on schools. It's just a blatant sign that says free target. Well, yeah, but I agree with that. Does it really matter? Everybody already knows they're gun free. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know. Look, it's a difficult conversation. It's a difficult problem to solve. But But here's one of my thoughts. We just sent $40 billion to Ukraine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. There's like uh, I think it's 139 schools in America. When you do that math, 139. Like there's a lot more schools. 139,000. Sorry, <laughs> there's a lot more than 139. And when you do that math, that breaks down to like 300 thousand dollars per school. I think that if we did this right, that money could be used for that, and it could be used to hire maybe three or four mental health therapists or counselors so instead that kids have to reach out to the counselors and wait three weeks to talk to them for 15 minutes and not get shit done we have enough to where there's just scheduling just what's the meeting with the counselor like hey how you doing what's up you know and things like that and just these people there's cries for help from these people this kid was cutting his face and everyone just missed it you know what i mean he was talking about like to his friends and like i'm not putting this on his friends and the other students it's not up to students to be psychologists and catch uh, red flags on their fellow students. But my God, when you, if you're, if you have the teachers and the therapies and the therapists at the school and the kid walks in with his fucking face all cut up, you're not going to ask fucking questions. You know what I mean? Like imagine what they could do with an extra $300,000. Like I said, you could hire again, Corey, that goes back to like, School counselors aren't paid enough. Teachers aren't paid enough. Don't hire retired police officers. Maybe hire retired veterans. Obviously, hire retired border patrol agents. They're not taking that job because they don't get paid enough. Yeah, you know, I mean, they just—it's—it's—it's—it's that's that's a fact of the matter. You know, a former Navy SEAL. It's really easy to say, why don't you hire former Navy SEALs to guard these schools? I mean, okay, great, I would love that, but a former Navy SEALs way overqualified to take a job that pays. I mean, I'm assuming. 50 grand a year, 60, even 70, 80 grand a year. It's not enough money to be the loan protection for a school. Right. It's a tough, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough conversation that politicians don't want to have. They're going to grandstand yeah. instead. I think we've talked about this a lot longer than we actually wanted to, Corey. We're probably not going to get to all of I our think stuff that today. I'd honestly, yeah. I think, you know, I'm thinking about it more like if there were steps of what comes next. 
maybe temporarily, yeah, maybe have a hard target while we actually tackle this mental health crisis because that's a year's, that's a year's project. You know what I mean? That's not a day thing that's just going to switch tomorrow. We're talking years of the logistics of putting a groundswell in to make it to where everyone has access to mental health. I have the perfect segue. What's that? Talk about your mod, your monologue. No, well, I could do that if you want. You want me to get to that? No, you don't have to. You can do that whenever you want. Dan. We'll do it at the end. Uh, I was going to get to you had mentioned money that not only went to Ukraine, but let's talk about all the wars that didn't matter to us in the least over the last forty says years. Hi, Dan. Oh, hi, Jackie. How are you? Uh, she said, "Hi, son. Hi, mom." <laughs> <laughs> so it was really going. Uh, where, where I was going was. Money going to Ukraine, you had mentioned going to maybe helping make schools safer. How about money that is being subsidized from the government to go toward union busting? Oof. Real quick, <laughs> I was going to go back to saying, how about some money going towards the FBI doing their fucking job? You know, because how many of these shootings have happened where everyone's like, well, he was arrested this time and he did this and things like that. And maybe if the, maybe if the FBI wasn't fabricating government kidnappings in Michigan, they could uh, do their job and actually circumvent some crime instead of fabricating it. Union busting's a close second. <laughs> we could talk about some union busting. You wrote this. You wrote this uh, little banner for us, Corey Wall. Biden's Biden, union bust. Biden's union bust. And I tried to make as many alliterations as possible. For so our, uh, the, the the frustration for us here is that uh, if you're new to the show, you know that I'm traditionally a leftist, an actual leftist, not a limousine liberal. Look up the difference. Uh, look. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Where would you look? Urban Dictionary. These no these. <laughs> The, these assholes, they want to pretend like they are pro-union, and we love the workers, and we love the working class, and good old Biden. All of this talk that actually got the Rust Belt to vote for Donald Trump instead of Hillary Clinton, because everybody knows they're full of shit. They are still pretending to be pro-union. Meanwhile signing contracts with Amazon, a $10 billion contract with Amazon while pretending to be pro-union. Now, this mm-hmm. this isn't new because I found, I, I found this out just a few weeks ago that the United States Postal Service delivers Amazon packages on Sunday just to keep the doors open. Yeah. Because I saw a mail truck on a Sunday and I asked my girlfriend, I'm like, why the fuck is... Who's delivering? Mail's not delivered on Sundays. She's like, oh, yeah, they deliver for Amazon on Sundays. I didn't know that. I don't know how she knew that, and I didn't know that, but she did, and I didn't. And this is what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Supporting union-busting giant corporations while pretending that you're pro-union. Yeah, Biden, Biden ran on the campaign of trying to negate contracts with companies who weren't neutral on uh, unionizing. That was one of his campaign promises to end government contracts with companies who actually tried to actively. I'm going to see if I can find that. Oh, him actually promising that. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, yeah, he, he said he was, he was going to try to stop contracts 
that would be with a company that was trying to actively stop like unionizing in their in their company. And it's very clear that Amazon has been doing that. And Trump is over here. I mean, <laughs> you get the two confused because they're one of the same. <laughs> uh, you know, like Biden told Chris Smalls that Chris Smalls got him into trouble because Biden member in his gaffe, he said, Amazon, here we come. <laughs> Talking about unions. But then turned around and signed a $10 billion contract with Amazon. Which, mind you, that contract is for let me see if I can find it real quick. I'm looking to right now. So right now I'm on levernews.com. This article is by Matthew Cunningham and David Sirota. Shout out to David Sirota. David Sirota. And so uh so yeah it was and it was through the NSA. It was a cloud computing contract for Amazon through the National Security Agency, which oh here you go. So Amid revelations of Amazon's aggressive efforts to shut down a union drive among its workers, Senator Bernie Sanders last month sent a letter to Biden asking you to fulfill that promise to make sure that federal dollars do not flow into the hands of unscrupulous employers who engage in union busting, participate, union busting, participating in wage theft, or violate labor law. A day later, NextGov reported that Biden's National Security Agency ratified a $10 billion cloud computing contract for Amazon, which hired the brother of Biden's top aide, a lobbyist, days after the 2020 presidential election. The contract for the company's web services division is condemned, is codenamed Wild and Stormy, and is distinct from another massive Pentagon cloud contract on which Amazon is also currently bidding. <laughs> So it's all fucking lip service. Hi, Andy. (laughs) It's all fucking lip service, dude. He's out here saying that. And like, and then on top of this, like, I mean, now granted his uh, NLRB is uh, pursuing cases against Amazon and Starbucks uh, when it comes to them actually trying to hurt the unions. But it's just it's it's just one more thing. It's just lip service like we were just talking about for the last 40 minutes. It's, you know, he pretends to get those votes to talk about wanting to be pro-union, saying we're gonna stop, we're gonna stop government contracts with companies to try to bust unions. Unless it's Amazon, and then it's it's fine. You know, we, we can do that. I'll meet with Christian Smalls and then say Amazon, here we come on TV, and then let Jen Saki walk it back and just Bumble around the White House. I mean, shitting co- myself. Co- it, 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 I mean, it seems obvious, doesn't it? Right. So Jeff Bezos owns Amazon. He also owns the Washington Post. Taylor Lorenz works for the Washington Post. Taylor Lorenz basically is just a cuck for the establishment. You know, it's 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 super obvious, which makes me really pissed off when people want to bitch about Elon Musk buying Twitter. <laughs> that. You, you you have this these obvious these super obvious connections that any intellectual idiot like you or myself could put together and yet nope doesn't matter like the late George, the late great George Carlin said it's one big club and you ain't in it you watch the HBO documentary 
I watched some of it actually. I watched I'm the like first half. Yeah, twenty minutes in. Yeah, the first part. The thing that was is a little bit of a tangent, but the thing that was so interesting about the Carlin documentary. Do you do you realize who like made that film? Oh my gosh, dude! No, it was, dude, it, was Ju- it was Judd Apatow. Was it Judd Apatow, the wokest of the woke? At least for a while. Maybe he's changed his ways. I don't know. But he's the one. Yeah, that that's true. Because people do change their ways. Look at Barry Weiss. She used to be one of the wokest of the woke when she was with New York Times. Maybe, maybe one day we'll be talking about Taylor Lorenz like we talk about Barry Weiss. <laughs> maybe. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. She's she's so wrapped up in her fucking uh, echo chamber of a blanket. <laughs> she, Hi, Travis. She loves herself. Uh <laughs> But she's too afraid to look in the mirror, remember? Because, oh, she uses white people in the mirror, and (sighs) mirrors are racist. Yeah, that's right. Mirrors are racist. (laughs) Um, You know who else? What was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, say, you know who else is racist? You? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Besides me. I'm sorry, you're a rapist, not a racist, because you like beer like Brett Kavanaugh. I was going to say, you know who else is a rapist? See how we just tied that in? We're not supposed to oh, talk. Yeah. We're not supposed to Let's talk, talk about Elongate. Elon! Elon is conveniently a rapist just a couple days after announcing he's a Republican. Isn't that interesting? You like this alliteration? Musk market manipulation? Corey's not, al- Corey's not allowed to write the banners anymore. What? <laughs> I had so much fun doing these. <laughs> They're all convenient alliterations. <laughs> That I secretly enjoy. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, isn't that funny how uh, as soon as he said that uh, he was voting Republican, the next day a sexual assault charge came out against him? It's super convenient. <laughs> but let me start with this. Elon s- announcing that he's a Republican. I think I, fe- I feel like I know how Elon likes to troll now. Oh, dude, he's a master troll. I don't, I don't hate it, but I feel like saying he's a Republican was that was probably the wrong way to go because it, it's it's probably bullshit. I, I don't think Elon's actually a Republican. I definitely, I don't think he's a Democrat either. He would literally Relax. go against any of his financial interests based on the business sectors that he's in. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's so funny to me because that, that's why I think he said he's a Republican, right? Because everybody that owns his fucking cars. Are Democrats? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's nothing. It's nothing but a LARP, and it's nothing but a troll. And I think it's hilarious. But mm, did he maybe overstep it this time? He might have. For me, he didn't. I think it's funny. Uh, but look, it's awfully convenient that uh, Twitter shareholders are suing him for market manipulation. That just came out, I think, today or yesterday. And also, now he's a sexual assaulter. Just days after <laughs> announcing he's a Republican. Touch my dick, I'll give you a horse. <laughs> now, honestly, you want to get a little real about it. I still believe, even though the Democrats don't believe in it anymore, I still do believe in the term, to a sense, believe all women, that I think that we sure. need to have evidence and we need to listen to this. We need to have all the evidence brought out and figure out what the hell is going on. But this just seems so goddamn convenient, doesn't it, Dan? It doesn't look great. 
and, and, and like Robbie, speaking as being labeled as Republicans and stuff, Robbie just said he got labeled a Republican for speaking with Robert Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, he had Robert Kennedy as podcast. Oh, good for you, Robbie. I, I honestly, I believe it. I believe the fact that you would even we we, we see that all the time, right? Just because you talk, oh, yeah. just because you talk to somebody, you're guilty by association, right? Robert How Robert Kennedy you. is guilty by association because he talked to somebody else and it just it just goes right back up the ladder. Right. Exactly. Six degrees of guilty by association. Oh man. Who, who knew a I, guy once? Who did I talk to that's gonna get me in trouble? Corey Walsh. Isn't me. That interesting? Yep. <laughs> me. <laughs> um so what's next? Oh, so the market manipulation. We didn't even get to that part. No, we didn't get to we that. We were part. talking about Elon's dick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, so now, so he decided to buy Twitter. He made the deal, offered way more money than it was worth. And then the books, it seems as though the books started to get opened on them. And they were saying, oh, there's only 5%, only 5% of bots and things like that, right? Well, you saw those articles that just came out recently, right? That 49% of Biden's followers are bots and 42% of Trump's followers are bots. <laughs> So it sounds like there is a shit ton of bots on this platform. And it sounds like that they've been really trying to pump their numbers up through some sort of like Wells Wells Fargo scheme and making a bunch of fake accounts. And then when he put them to task and they're like, oh, wait, I don't know about this. Now it's market manipulation. (laughs) Well, you know, the the interesting thing is like the board took elon's offer to start with <laughs> right it's like like i, I don't understand I, honestly i'm i'm law i don't know what's going on i've lo- i've lost track of what's going on with elon and twitter i'm just waiting a lot for of things have happen. happened since then that's fair it's just it, it, <laughs> i don't know what's more ridiculous I, I you know what i'm gonna say the market manipulation is more ridiculous because as you said with these sexual assault claims, all right, let's believe these women. Let's let's get to the bottom of it. And if you know Elon actually is a sexual assaulter, well then fuck Elon Musk. But if he's not, then fuck those women that accused him of it. Let's let's find that part out. Is that so I've okay? seen a lot of interviews with this goofball? Am I allowed to say that? What'd you say? Oh, let's find out. Everything I just said. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay, good. And it just like obviously we don't know Elon Musk. <laughs> None of us know him. But based on the hours of interviews and talks, and the guy's pretty open book to the point where he's not afraid to hurt his Tesla stock by smoking a joint live on a podcast. That's market manipulation, Corey Walsh. <laughs> he's trying to drive um, the stock down so he can buy it back. You didn't know that? I just, I just don't picture that awkward fuck <laughs> doing something like this. Granted. I didn't picture Louis C.K. doing anything like this either. I was going to say, people said the same thing about John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> He's a clown. He's happy. What the fucker had 27 bodies buried in his crawl space. Wait, was it John Wayne Gacy the clown? Yes. Okay. Good. I'm glad I got my pop, my pop culture. <laughs> you, got your, uh, you got your pop culture murderers right. Good for you. And... Uh, no, I haven't read about Elon's dad. We might have to talk about that and look into that before we talk about that because I don't know anything about it. I know I know that he was there in South Africa. His dad was against our par- apartheid and moved Musk 
over to America and they were vehement, vehemently against it. But the second comment, I wouldn't be surprised about Elon makes me think there's a whole lot more to that conversation that I don't know. So I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> he was an electromechanical engineer, pilot and sailor in, uh, in South, South Africa. Look at that. Sailing around, flying ships while working on their electrics. So I, I think I think Travis's accusation here is that uh, Elon's dad did something bad, so that means Elon's bad too. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I just no, I don't think he's necessarily saying that. I just think that uh there's more to Elon Musk that that we don't know, but I'll probably find out from Travis tomorrow. Mysterious guy. He is a mysterious guy. Building flamethrowers and solar panels and cars and spaceships. And if your dad was a bad guy, that makes you a bad guy too, Corey. You didn't know that? <laughs> I think my dad's watching right now. <laughs> That's why I said if. That's why I said if. If. Yeah. I know your dad. <laughs> I know your dad. He's not a bad guy. All right. What's next? Journalists are just cannon fodder. No big deal. Man, you really know how to write a banner, Corey Walsh. Uh, yeah, so we have our Israeli version of Jamal Khashoggi, perhaps? Yeah. yeah, or, did yeah, I, yeah. Or, or, or did I just did I just throw that out there and maybe that wasn't the best way to lead with it? No, no. Shireen Abdu Ekla, you know, a Palestinian-American who was in uh, the West Bank, the occupied West Bank. And I don't even understand what that means necessarily occupied. Yeah, it's occupied. People live there, but they call it occupied because it's like territory that both go back and forth about. So <laughs> like, I guess, yeah, it's occupied. People live there. Anyways, um, there is this woman there. She was there at, I don't even know where she was exactly. But she was, I mean, she was in the West Bank, but uh, she was there with her pressed, uh, her press flak jacket on and helmet with a couple other journalists. And they were just observing the IDF and the Palestinians doing their typical bullshit that they do over there, just fighting all the time. And the allegations are an Israeli soldier shot a journalist who was blatantly wearing a pressed flak jacket. And it's being pushed under the rug, just like Jamal Khashoggi was. And America is weirdly, like the American administration, Biden's administration is weirdly silent about it, and they're not talking about it. And the, now, it, when it was the interesting thing is that the Palestinians are not willing to turn over the bullet. Yeah, yeah, they said they're not going to turn over the bullet. So it's kind of this weird thing where it's like we're not going to get to the bottom of this because you're going to because you you turn over that bullet, you're going to know you're going to know what type of weapon that thing was fired from, correct? Right. Oh, and like and that's the thing too is Israel is like saying that like, well, we have the gun that we think might have did it, but we need the bullet to verify. And it's just this tit for tat thing that's going to go back and forth and we're not going to find out the bottom of it. But AP did so Associated Press did a reconstruction of the crime scene and they said that unequivocally that yeah he was she was shot uh they were shot by uh um the IDF 
And yeah, so we just have Precious being shot by both sides. And it's interesting to me that we are so quick to call out Saudi Arabia about it, but Israel, we're just being quiet about. But we weren't, though. We weren't that quick to call out Saudi Arabia about it because they sold us oil. We have ties to the Saudis. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump's, you know, yeah. Trump, Trump the, said that. Uh, the, well, they said they didn't do it. What? Yeah, the media doesn't doesn't have as big of a problem calling out the Saudis for killing Jamal Khashoggi. Depends on which media outlet. Right. As to where Israel, that is just absolutely off limits. Yeah, and then insane. It's 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 in well, it's, it's it's interesting too because more and more of the media is being pushed more pro Palestinian, but still, they're still not quite comfortable calling out the Israelis. Because it's anti-Semitic. You can't be labeled anti-Semitic, Corey. Nope. So, look. Uh, I got the I got the piece pulled up right here. Israeli <clears throat> Israeli's army is carrying out an investigation and has said Palestinian militants might... Oh, shit. Might. Errol had a child with his stepdaughter. I guess that uh, Elon Musk's dad had a child yeah, with his stepdaughter. Well, okay. So that, that's... So, fucking weird <laughs> yeah that's weird though <laughs> that's, that's, that's super weird woody allen did the same thing and he's kind of weird too <laughs> that's right he did do some weird shit like that didn't he yeah but errol is not elon as i guess is my point anyway uh there was a widespread outrage when 51 year old palestinian american journalist was shot dead while reporting an israeli military operation in Janine, I believe is how it's pronounced, in the occupied West Bank on the 11th of May. Eyewitnesses say the fatal shot was fired by Israeli forces, though Israeli dep- though Israel disputes this. Uh, it says it has not yet been possible to establish the source of the gunfire because the Palestinians rejected its request to examine the bullet that killed Abu Akla uh, or to hold a joint investigation. Israel says it it has identified a soldier's weapon which might have fired the shot, but that it cannot be certain without analyzing the bullet. So there you have it. A very suspicious death of an, Ameri- an American. Let's not yeah. put that aside. This is an American journalist, Palestinian-American journalist, that was killed under weird circumstances in or near uh quote-unquote, allied territory. Yeah, and yep. And we're just not going to do anything about it. We're not going to hear about it. Do you think Biden's going to call... Oh, it's not Netanyahu anymore. Now it's some joint thing. I forget the guy's name of uh, Israel. We'll just call him Frank. Yeah, well, we're not going to call Frank a pariah, are we? (laughs) Or a murderer (laughs) like we did to uh, Mohammed bin Salman. <coughs> Which is the idea of his name being Frank makes me laugh. <laughs> Damn it, Frank! But it's just—it's just funny. It, it, this goes to manufactured consent by. Uh, oh fuck! What's his name? Who's the fucking old guy? The super leftist. The old guy. Noam Chomsky. Yeah, the old, the Noam fucking Chomsky. old guy. That super old leftist, fucking old guy. Yeah, everyone knows Noam Chomsky's just Jesus the old fuck who's the leftist. Christ, are you eighty? He's got to be old as Who's fuck, Who's that right? fucking old super leftist? Yeah, Noam Chomsky. Yeah, like- see, if you would have said that, who's that super old leftist? I'd have been like, oh, Noam Chomsky. 
That's what I said. First thing, like, up oh, Noam Chomsky. What are you, 90 years old? <laughs> Karl Marx's dad, who's the only alive super leftist. Yep, <laughs> Noam Chomsky. <laughs> and so when he talks about in his book, Manufacturing Consent, Worthy and Unworthy Victims, and uh, it looks like poor Shireen was just unworthy of giving her the time of day to talk about how she was unjustly killed for just doing something that's fundamentally protected by our constitution. She's dead. She's gone. Doesn't matter is what certain folks might say. But what if I said that about the kids that were just killed in Texas? Oof. Yeah. Hurts, don't it? Oof. Yeah, that one is a little brutal. The human life. (laughs) The human life doesn't matter to people. It just doesn't matter. No, it, it only matters when it inconveniences them. Have we established this yet? I think so. Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter. They don't give a fuck. Uh, including Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Another one of my alliterations. Oh, sorry. I took it down. For uh, uh, oh, geez. Pelosi's pro-choice plunder. Jeez. You're a genius. <laughs> You're a goddamn genius. Uh, <laughs> Plundering the, pl- the pro-choice movement. So... As Nancy Pelosi is out there crying about Roe v. What? Well, yeah, crying about Roe v. Wade being removed, and trying to get her political points to say that she's on the side of what the current thing is. She affirms her support for U.S. Rep. Henry Quellar, even though after his house just got raided by the FBI or the FBI, and so Queller, for people who don't know, he is probably the last. Democrat who is pro-life, not pro-choice. Now, the Democrats right now are coming out saying, oh, I can't believe Roe v. Wade. Where did this come from? What happened? They're acting all surprised that Roe v. Wade might get overturned, even though the Republicans have been doing this for the last 50 years. She's out here saying, we need to do something about this. We have to do this. But at the same time, she's endorsing this goofball who would literally... Will, who will most likely be the mansion of any sort of abortion legislation that's being brought forth in the House or the, the uh, Senate? Yeah, because no, he's a senator. You know, right. you know what? You know, do you know what her excuse was for this? What I support. Hold on, I gotta sound like a drunk Nancy Pelosi for a second. I support. I support my. I incumbent. support every one of my incumbents. I from support, right to left. From that's right to I left. Do. That's what I do. I need another gin and tonic. See, now this just sounds like the uh, deep fake video. <laughs> <laughs> when everyone believed it, because all they did was slow it down half a second, and she sounded wasted. And that includes Republican comments, independent comments, all incumbents. I'm a single I just love them all. She just loves incumbents. But yeah, and like here's the thing, too. It's like, Queller is running against this chick named Jessica Cisneros, and she's a progressive challenger who ran against him in 2020 and lost by a small margin. And she is currently being endorsed by Bernie Sanders, uh, the squad, AOC, all of these people. And he, as Queller, who's pro-life, being supported by the very Democrats who are saying they're so adamantly against the whole pro-life movement, are still supporting their incumbents that are pro-life in this weird quagmire um his house was queller's house was raided by the fbi in january and no one really knows what they're investigating huh 
Is that so? Yeah, the FBI, so right now I'm on the TexasTribune.org. The FBI raid, which happened in January, continues to loom over Quello's re-election bid. The FBI has not said what it is investigating, and Queller has denied any wrongdoing. I don't know what it is, Pelosi said when a reporter asked her about the FBI matter. What? I haven't, I I haven't seen anything of you. Do you I, know what it's about? I gotta get my hair done. Yeah, I'm gonna lock you down in your house, and I'm gonna go get my hair done. <laughs> You keep asking me these bullshit questions in front of give you another lockdown. I would love to hear her say the word bullshit. <laughs> that says bullshit. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So always, always check the receipts. For far too long, both these parties have gone away with lip service, and it's absolute bullshit. And right now we're hammering the fucking Democrats because they're the ones in charge. Just wait. 2022 will change it. We'll be hammering on Republicans coming up in 2023. Corey and I don't discriminate. Nope. (laughs) When it comes uh, to bad power. What's the current thing that they're saying in the comedian, in the stand-up comedian industry? It's, uh, well, you're supposed to punch up, not down. Well, that's what we're doing. You hear that? punch up. Republicans. You hear that, Taylor Lorenz? Yeah, we're coming for you. Supposed to punch up, not down, bitch. That's all she does is punch down. (laughs) Punches down yeah, at everybody so like, that's not establishment. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, yeah, it's like we don't waste our time beating this shit out of Republicans too much because they're not the ones that are fucking it up right now. It's the Democrats. Just don't wait. worry, they'll get their chance. Don't, don't worry, we got about three months, <laughs> <laughs> and then when the Republicans are back in charge, they'll, they'll, they'll get, get their chance. Shit on too. It's always different though. It's the inactivity and the hypocrisy of the Democrats that piss us off, and it's just. Going everything against the, their ideology. It's the complacency. It it's the complacency of Democrats. The That's, apathy, the complacency, the dog and show, the dog and pony show with nothing getting done. But don't worry. Once we get to the Republicans, it's just going to be things that go against their ideologies, and we'll be just as fired up. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm actually excited. I'm excited to change it up a little bit. You know what I mean? It's coming up in November. It'll be fun to. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, you want me to get to my monologue, Corey? Yeah, well, real quick, what else do we have? Actually, oh, I'm just damn, we've covered everything, up. dude. We did a good fucking job. Can I just give me a, just a quick round of applause that we actually got to everything? I'll get you a real round of applause, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Taylor Lorenz. <laughs> so we're giving a round of applause to Taylor Lorenz. That's <laughs> sour bitch. <laughs> ah, we love her. No, it's... Uh, no, it's... <laughs> it's... it's, it's you're, you're allowed to have your opinion, but I'm allowed to have my opinion that your opinion is dog shit. Oh, and you're also not allowed to make your opinion news, by the way. Mm. You want to write an op-ed, go for it. We love you. Yeah, for it. why don't you put op-ed underneath your fucking title? Don't don't sell it as news. Washington Post. That's not her. That's editors. That's, you know, that's that's the boardroom making that, that call. She just types it up and sends it out. Goes back to drinking, straight, doing her own thing. Straight up to Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos himself. <laughs> I got a I got a fun monologue for you here, Corey. Lay it on me, Dan. Open narcissism, the new political normal. When you think of narcissistic political figures, who's the first person that comes to your mind? If you're a dyed-in-the-wool, robotic, partisan Republican, chances are you'll respond with any one of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, or some terrifying hybrid monster combining the three. If you're a Democratic establishment cuck, 
then the answer is about as obvious as Amber Heard's guilt in the defamation lawsuit brought on by Johnny Depp. I won't mention the name of the orange monster because it's basically the closest thing to a real live Voldemort that the world will ever know. Here's the fun part. You're right, all of you. After putting down the rage, identity politics, and moral inferiority complex, it won't be surprising that narcissism is a key ingredient to building a politician. It's been such since the founding of the nation. John Adams was even rumored to have thought that he was the best man to be our nation's first president over the soft-spoken, apolitical George Washington. Narcissism, in any politician, makes sense in the most obvious way. Imagine thinking that you're the only person who can quote-unquote fix it all, whether you're running for mayor of Broken Bow, Nebraska, or president of the United States. The narcissism itself isn't the issue in our politicians. We should expect it and even embrace it in certain instances. Barack Obama's charismatic promise to fix our health care system during this 2008 campaign galvanized a voter base that had lost so much hope following the financial crash. Was there narcissism in that campaign? Of course. And as we know, Obama ultimately cucked out to big health care and screwed the middle class out of reasonably affordable plans. Which brings me to Donald Trump. Just like most politicians before him, he was and is a Class A narcissist. Why else would a man of his status and financial holdings enter the cesspool of American politics at the spry young age of 69? To save the world, as some of his more delusional disciples might say? No. He did it because of his narcissistic ego. It's okay, Maganation. It's okay. I already said it was normal. Narcissism in a vacuum is not really troubling in a politician. The issue lies in Trump's particular openness in narcissism. There was a time when decorum was the automatic override for the narcissism of politicians. A famous, relatively easy example that comes to mind is the famous letter from George H.W. Bush left on the Resolute desk to Bill Clinton on Slick Willie's first day in office. The way Mr. Bush signed it with a feeling of camaraderie from one president to the next. A sort of passing of the torch. We saw something similar as Obama welcomed Trump to the White House following the 2016 election, as we had seen so many times before. Decorum shadowing the narcissism. The decorum not only died with Trump, but it was covered in kerosene, lit on fire, and pushed into the Potomac to burn, sink, and never be seen again. It's not all Trump's fault. Trump is only one man who is just being himself. It's hard to stay mad at a human for unapologetically being himself. It's the fault of those that sat beside and followed Trump's lead. If you think I'm only speaking of GOP primary candidates tripping over each other and drooling to get Trump's endorsement in the 2022 midterms, you'd be wrong. The very thing that my mind that got my mind spinning enough to even write this monologue was the actions of Beto O'Rourke following this week's tragic shooting in Uvalde, Texas. As Texas Governor Greg Abbott 
gave a press briefing to discuss the tragic shooting, Mr. O'Rourke thought it appropriate to walk to the front of the stage and interrupt the governor and tell him and his administration that the shooting was, quote-unquote, their fault, that it was predictable with them in office. To see Mr. O'Rourke's actions as anything but a narcissistic political stunt in a national time of grief is to bury your head in the sand of partisan identity politics. Beto suggested that, quote, this was predictable based on the governor's politics without pointing out that my own home state of Michigan had a school shooting last October under a Democratic administration. The Buffalo shooting just last week took place in the state of New York. Need I say more? Another shooting at almost, almost, almost the same day came from the blue stronghold of California committed by a minority on another minority. On other minorities, I should say. But sure, Beto, it's Greg Abbott's fault. Beto O'Rourke's actions are a consequence of applauding open narcissism in our politics. It may have started with Trump, but both of these broken parties have embraced it. And the sad part is that establishments in these parties have found a way to embrace it as, quote-unquote, strength and fortitude. Joe Biden is answering questions without even hearing them. Mr. President, would you consider military action if China invades Taiwan? Yes. Before backtracking to state that we have a, that we support the one China policy. Well, which is it, Mr. President? His snarky remarks towards conservative news outlets are embraced by establishment cucks even though Trump's nastiness was condemned as unpresidential. Not long ago, the narcissism was underlying. We knew it was there, but it was always trumped, no pun intended, by decorum. I'm not sure how to fix it directly, but my hope is that more of you see it and demand more from Trump candidates, from progressives, from libertarians, from everyone running for public office. Debate and conversation is always better with a little decorum. And without it, we'll continue to fall into this nihilistic pit of national despair that has been slowly eating away at our domestic and global well-being since the 1950s. The globe will continue to view the United States as a petulant child that throws a temper tantrum to avoid cleaning its own fucking room. Think of how you feel when you see an adult acting like a child. Is that somebody you want leading? Not Corey Walsh. No. (laughs) No, I don't. Shout out to Broken Bow, Nebraska. Right, but I read that when I when you sent me your monologue. Is that like the smallest town? I don't know. It's just I just picked a city off the map. Okay, I was like, he must have looked up like the smallest like official town in the country. Or whatever. No, I just picked a city off the map. That's it. I was like, I'll go to like I went you to like, went like this Nebraska, Nebraska, North and South Dakota. It's like ah, oh, broken bow. That sounds good. I'll use that. That sounds like a good one. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right about the decorum. When it comes to our politicians, those are our leaders. They're supposed to be the ones that kind of hold it together when all of us are freaking out and yelling at each other. They're supposed to be the ones that we kind of look to. 
And we have Trump open this Pandora's box that just made it acceptable to just insult and scream at each other. And that decorum is very important because of the fact that it's like these unwritten rules and boundaries that people put on just real debate and conversation. It's supposed to like when it comes to like legislating, it's supposed to be above the name calling. The name calling is left up to us. We're the ones that are supposed to be calling people bitches and dicks and assholes and pricks and all sorts of stuff on the sideline because that's what we are. We're on the sideline. We're the sideline quarterbacks. We're going, why the fuck didn't you do that play? Why didn't you do this? Why did you do that? That's fucking stupid. But when it comes to the politicians themselves, they're supposed to be above that. And we're seeing this decorum like you're talking about just constantly degrading. For example, I had to look it up real quick. This guy, Ruben Gallego. He's an Iraq war veteran, member of Congress, is AZ 7th Congressional District. And he tweeted two days ago, just to be clear, fuck you, Ted Cruz, you fucking baby killer. The fuck does that do? The fuck does that do other than just get more? Other, like, You know what I mean? Like, we're all unstable human beings. There's supposed to be some that are above us that are supposed to have a little bit more, like, uh, a little bit more restraint that we as the simple plebs of the society in America don't have they're supposed to like that's supposed to make them separate I will f- I will forever take myself back to the 2008 election as somebody who was excited to vote for Barack Obama I know you're going with this now I've I've look I have I've I've changed my opinion on Barack Obama obviously after 8 years look I've I've got I wouldn't vote for him again. I've I've got my issues with the way he governed. Obviously, the foreign policy stuff. I mean, we could talk about it for days. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on it one day. But Brock's blunders. I already got it. Two thousand eight. <laughs> you know, a lot of the nation was excited to vote for Barack Obama. There's a reason the election was called at like ten thirty at night on election night. Like, when's the last time that's ever happened since or before? And and and, and I just remember that campaign. And I just remember the, the the most ridiculous thing about it was Sarah Palin. That was the most ridiculous thing about it. Oh, and I look okay. at Sarah Palin now, and I've got others. Hold on, I've got others. But the most ridiculous thing about it from 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 start to finish was Sarah Palin. And I went, and I'm looking back at like, dude, Sarah Palin being involved in any of these elections now would be fucking tame as hell. Yeah. But the other one is the the, the very famous video of. John McCain doing a okay, town. This is the one yep, I was going to bring up. Doing yep. a town hall and uh, asking John McCain a question, or or a, the moderator or whomever asked this young woman a question, and this she person in the audience this yeah. old this old woman a question, and she said, I, "I you know something to the effect of I can't vote for Barack Obama because he's an Arab," and John McCain picked up that mic and he said, "No, ma'am, no, ma'am, my opponent, we may agree." But he's, you know, basically to the effect of he's a good man, and yeah, yeah, and that, like, is that, the last, that is the last. That is the that is the last time we saw. He's it. like we disagree on just about everything, but he's a decent man. He's a decent human being. You would never. And people ever, say that might have actually today. lost him the debate, and that might have actually lost him the uh, the campaign. No, but dude. you know what? <laughs> McCain, was, McCain, went, McCain, went, McCain was never winning that election. No, never winning that election. The old maverick. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we're in this weird spiral downward where society itself is ripping each other at the uh, seams. We don't trust institutions. We don't trust each other. How do we fix it? And I don't want just a a, uh, 
240 character tweet of how to fix it. Let's actually talk about this. Go, this is what I think we're trying to do on the show, but it's like, give me a fucking break. We have our leaders, the people that we're supposed to look up to in a time of crisis, just telling each other to fuck off. Where is this going to lead us? I have it here for we're you, scared. Corey. Um, we're scared of an Obama presidency, and I'll, I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'm concerned about, um, you know, that's it, but it's not showing up. Cohorts with uh, domestic terrorists such as heirs. I have to tell you, he is a decent person and a person that you do not have to be scared as president of the United States. Now, I, I oh, just, boo. I just, now, now look, I, I, I got to ask you a question. I do not. Uh, believe in, I can't trust Obama. I, I, I have read about him, and he's not, he's not, he's a, um, he's an Arab. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> no, ma'am. No? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. He's a, he's a, he's a decent family man, citizen that I just happen to have disagreements with on, on fundamental issues, and that's what this campaign is all about. He's not. Thank you. Thank you. That was it. Yeah, that's that might have been one of the nails in his. But yeah, but uh, that's just it, man. Like, where the fuck is that? Well, look, and it, look, there, there's there is the there's the, the the Republican argument that that bit of McCain was was everything that was the, the Republican Party's weakness. You know, there there was that there was that that issue that the Republican Party was weak, and then Trump came along, and he's you know a quote unquote fighter, right? To, to, yeah. to a fault, right? Because it's kind of pretty much all he does is fight with people at this point. Here's something that's interesting. Vegan pr- pretty feet says, I voted for Biden, now I'm going to vote Republican. And I respect that. However, I get it. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I don't you know. Like, so it, it goes kind of like, like what the we're Elon happening. thing, though, right? I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily the way to go. I mean, the, 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 thing, about our, the thing about our show is that we think both, both parties are shit and we need to demand demand more out of both of them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah, simply it, it switching goes, your vote to Republican is going to change anything. By the way, right? It's going to be the same shit show. Yeah. It's going to be the absolute same shit show. But I get it. I get it too. I, I get do. it. Biden came out and promised the world. And people called him the next FDR, and he ended up being the next Carter. <laughs> I would see it. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least, at least, at least Jimmy was honest. <laughs> at least at least he was kind of likable you know what i mean a little peanut farmer everybody liked jimmy Carter. i don't know if he was that likable it wasn't he one term also he was he was i'm yeah, just saying like as a, as, a, as a person like he was kind of likable yeah so like so for me like i kind of get that but like this is so this is where i'm at like right now we have our uh our midterms coming up in michigan which actually we should cover this because it's a shit show for the republicans here Oh yeah, we're probably, gonna, we're probably gonna have Whitmer again for the four years. There's some cheating going but, on here, Corey Walsh. You saw that? Oh, I know. From a cop, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought cops were innocent people, Dan. <laughs> Hello, Bisky. Uh, and uh, Chief Craig, you turd. <laughs> so yeah, so it's like I was explaining this to a lot of conservative friends, you know, and they, they kind of got it. And it's like, listen, I have a lot of qualms with Whitmer. Mm-hmm. A lot of issues. She really dropped the ball on COVID here in the beginning. She righted her ship, but sure, she fucked up. But because she fucked up, I'm not out of spite going to just immediately jump to the Republican side and vote for a shittier person that's going to make my life worse just because I want to fuck off that, tell that one individual to fuck off. Does that make sense? 
it absolutely makes sense. I've got my issues with with Whitmer. She tried she trying to prohibitionize our our vape pens. But I'm not going to put in a Tudor Dixon or a fucking Bill Shooty just to tell her to fuck off and make my life, my personal day to day life worse. Look, if you're a Michigander, and Bisky, I, I don't, yeah, I, we, we I don't, actually did talk about uh, Elon a little bit ago. You might have to hop in and watch the stream when it's ended, or done. listen, or listen to the podcast. Download the podcast uh, found on all your favorite uh, podcast yeah. platforms. Absurd of podcast found in all of your favorite social media and podcast platforms. Anyways, anyway, Sorry, if Dan. you're a Michigander, I don't care how blue or red you are. It, it pains me to say this. Having Whitmer as a governor hasn't been that bad. I mean, really? Has it? Has it been terrible? So we on our show, we really try to talk about our biases and confront them and things like that. Yes. Right? Yes. Right now, she is paying for free college for a shit ton of people in our state. And I am taking advantage of that because I had to work through all of COVID and I had to go into my factory because we made thread lockers that were being used for ventilators. So I didn't miss a day. I had to keep working. And because of that being a frontliner, I am now getting a free two-year scholarship ride to college. And that's going to better my life. It's going to better my wife's life. It's going to better my son's life. So there's some bias there when I say that, like, when we're talking about things like this, like, is she that bad? It's like, well... She really did do a heavy hand, you know. Like you, you could really. This is a whole segment in itself because she did a. She was heavy as fuck with her uh, restrictions here in our country, but that was based on our state constitution, the 1946. Uh, what was it? The uh, the war the War Act, the 1946 War Act. But the thing is, too, Corey. But we, so, we also, but yeah, we also opened up with regularity with the rest of the nation. You know. Yeah, we did, and actually a little bit sooner, a lot sooner. In a lot of places. And, but like the reason why I think, like, I give her some credit because she was using the laws, and that's how government works. She was using the laws and the toolkit that she had at hand. As soon as our, our people she endorsed in our Supreme Court found that War Powers Act unconstitu- unconstitutional to our state law and said that she can't do that, she nixed it. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't try it. to fight it, mm-hmm. she didn't keep it going, she nixed it. Now that could be political. It could have just been a political grandstand, and that like she didn't want to do it in the first place. She just wanted to appease her constituents, and that as soon as they nixed it, she went, "Oh, my hands are tied. Sorry, I'm going to go send my husband up to Traverse City and get our boat out of the water." Our boat. Because I'm really excited about that. Our boot. Get our. We're going to go out, out the boot. We're going to go out in the boot in the boot. <laughs> so, like, is she perfect? No. Have the Republicans at this point in the state of Michigan put forth a candidate that is better or even close? I told you what it would have got me. So. I don't think so. Chief Craig, a Chief Craig, Candace Milton. Uh, see, we're getting really silly and local into our local politics. That's right. Here we're from Michigan. People don't give a shit about. Eh, maybe they're But like, interested. yeah, if it was a Chief Craig, Candace Miller ticket. Sorry, Whitmer. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. But who we got? Tudor Dixon. She doesn't even care about the state. She's in Florida campaigning for money, like from out of state donors. Give me a fucking break. This isn't a national campaign. This is a state campaign. Everything's national though. A Galeo who's like, just, he's just trying so that, hard. That, that's, that's what's, page. that's what's so sad is that everything, everything is so national. Whether you're in, if you're not from Michigan, this still applies to you because it applies to your state as well. We see it everywhere. 
it's sickening how fast local elections have become. So they national. just become nationalized. Does Trump support this person? Does Trump not support this person? Is this is this a Biden Democrat or is this a progressive? It doesn't it, it doesn't matter where you are. State elections, local elections that that's what they're all based on. And 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 I and I hope that less and less people buy into that bullshit. Right. What are they going to do they, for you? What is they, what is what is your fucking alderman? What does your fucking alderman have to do with Donald Trump? Right. Republican or not, doesn't matter. What is your what is your, you know, city council have to do with uh Donald Trump? Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Nothing. Right. But they but these 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 local county state officials, they still run on this bullshit and it makes That's no insane. sense. It doesn't matter. I know. And that's what kills it the most is Republicans, the ones who talk about decentralizing federal government, are nationalizing literally everything. I know. I know. Uh, Dan, we actually, we covered everything tonight. And I got to piss like a racehorse. Just do it in your seat. Pull a Biden. Uh, <laughs> the long pause is Dan pissing his seat. <laughs> Tell the people so, where they can find us, Corey. All right. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. We had a good time. I hope you all did too. You can make sure to like, follow, and share the pay, uh, all of our different platforms and stuff. Uh, tell a friend where you heard the show. You know, we I think we have pretty good conversations. Tell them where you heard it. We can be found on Facebook at Libservative. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Libservative Pod. We are on uh, WordPress at libservativepod.wordpress.com. That's where you can find our transcripts to our monologues. We are on TikTok that we have been doing abysmal at, at Libservative Podcast. <laughs> uh, you can reach out to us directly at Libservative Podcast or LibservativePod at gmail.com. Come join the conversation. We have new episodes weekly and new posts daily that we like try to engage with our listeners. And we uh, have pretty good conversations in the threads and stuff. That was wonderfully <laughs> said, Corey Walsh. Last but not least. There's my dad. That's your so dad. You guys are awesome. Look Very at that. Look at Who that picture. Walsh? Look at that picture. Yeah, he's at the gun range in that picture. <laughs> we were there. We took him there for his 70th uh, B day. Man, I don't want to know what he looks like without a mustache. Bump stocks were still legal then. Because we were fucking around with bump stocks in that gun range. They're not legal now. Thanks, that's, Trump. That's, you want to talk about gun control? Trump why, did one of the biggest gun control things in the fucking country in the last 40 fucking years. That's why he's got that look on his face. He's tired from shooting those bump stocks. Yeah, we had a good time. We went golfing and shooting went, and those shooting. shooting those bump stocks. Listen to me. <laughs> shooting those, you know what a bump stock is, right? Yeah. All right. You, I sounded you, like an idiot. <laughs> it's, it's a uh, a workaround for making an automatic gun, and my God, does it work? And shooting an automatic gun is a hell of a lot different than shooting a semi-automatic weapon. Let me tell you. A hey, baby. Anyway, until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan Griffin. This is and me. honestly, should we start up? Should we end it with our new intro? Just because it sounds so good. I was just about to do it, Corey. I'm going to do it right You're now. You're going to surprise me? Oh, yeah. Dan. Yeah. We are out of here. We the people cannot end that.